Guys, welcome to Minefields. This is Joshua Michael reporting here with Mr. Tony Morales. Colin is on the Union Jizzab. He's a union man. Hobnobbing with those guys that deal with shit that fell off the back of their truck. What's going on, man? Man, it's another day in paradise, man. Freaking another day uh pharmacy another day giving shots. I gotta say nice to, nice to be done with the job for the day. Agreed. And I gotta say, even though the real world really sucked on Monday after how good of a weekend we had, it really mm-hmm. turned the volume down on a bunch of shit. But it also turned the volume up on a lot of shit, man. Like I've had no patience for jack shit. Anytime anyone starts bullshitting me, not taking me seriously. I start like, ah, you wanna buy? Fuck you. Alright, fine, bye. I don't say that, but it's like, yeah, but like, just get off the phone. Like, like, give me something that wants to do business. And, um, yep. but at the same time, though, man, I, I remember texting my homegirl uh, the other day, or I need a vacation, but like, I gotta save all my vacation days for what's going on in September, uh, doing a documentary with uh, Suicide Puppets. And we get this phone call, this text message, like, yo, I'm wrestling. Let's yeah, you hiding that yeah. from me. I, I I told you. Yeah, you day before. Yeah, day before. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, we went on a road trip to to uh, Lubbock, Texas, man. Like I gotta say, it felt like a five hour trip, but it was literally twenty three hours. And now we have proven to ourselves, two for me myself, that I can go on a wrestling road trip. B, pay my own. C, we can stand each other for twenty three hours straight. Yeah. <laughs> That is true. Freaking, we got. You know, we'll talk about that in a bit. But we, uh, we went and freaking. We when we got business done. That's what we worked on. We worked on a, a documentary. We uh, yes, we did. Went to part two of the hunt, which we'll get to. And freaking, uh, we hobnobbed with some uh, local yokels as far as the wrestling community and uh, presented ourselves well enough that uh, both of us were invited back. Yeah, like the live show individually, man. Like I gotta say, man, like you find yourself your own personal Tony Morales, man. Because I was like, man, I need to take photos of these motherfuckers. And like before we left, like we already said our goodbyes. And then we really go to talk to Rick, and he's like, hey, he wants to set up his green screen and do photos. And uh, and I'm like, yeah. He's like, what do you need? I'm like, I just gotta make sure that. Uh, I really need from you is to wrangle everyone to make sure they're in gear before and after so I can uh, record because I'm going to do uh, filming mini documentaries from every every road trip we ever take now. And he's like, what do you want? I'm like, I just need that. He's like, no, what do you want? Do's the, the, the money sign. And I'm like, oh, shit. I don't know. Fuck. Like, uh, what's fair? He's like, I hate this conversation. I'm like, ah, whatever you pay Morales. <laughs> <laughs> like I just heard this voice in my head. Hey, like we we're we're like we said from the beginning, package deal, number two, yep. right down the middle. <laughs> hey, it's cool, cool. Just get your shit up here. Like, see you guys in, in two months. And he just he didn't even fucking he didn't didn't even fucking bat an eye. He was like, yeah, like you put me over like a motherfucker that night, and uh, we got some great business on that night, man. We got like, a whole lot of business. We got contacts. We got future interviews. We got. You know, it, we got a return date. Match and footage. We got, and we got comics. Oh, dude, the hunt. Like, uh, let, let's start there. First off, we, we 7 a.m. I was there literally at 7 a.m. Uh, mm-hmm. Not like 7.45, like when we go to the gym usually. Um, <laughs> but um, 7 o'clock, we stop in uh, Trinidad, burgers and chicken for breakfast. Sonic. And in all fairness, I had a yogurt. I had a yogurt and strawberries beforehand, but nonetheless, I, I had a shit little fucking vodka the night beforehand. Like <laughs> that's hence why I drove. 
ah, fuck you. I was totally sober. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, it was just, it was just convenient. Uh, we, 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 we said, uh, off, off camera last time that part of the hunt is a good restaurant, but this was a road trip, but you know, obviously we hit Sonic before we left Colorado. Uh, we hit bronze. It doesn't count. Sonic didn't count. We were still in Colorado. We hit Brahms and we hit Whataburger. And that Dumsky, like, the next day was brutal. <laughs> I really should have weighed myself on that one. But, um, yeah, but we filmed Five the whole time. Five lighter. Oh, more like six, man. That was, that, that was, that was, it, like, it's one of those, like, Cherokee-type things where they used to drink a lot of water so they'd wake up, like, super early to beat the next tribe. Um... It was just like that, except with poop and uh, and hamburger meat. Um, but yeah, we, we we exited Colorado. We made a hard uh, east to uh, to Amarillo, and we had three comic stores we hit up, man. And uh, we, not to talk, we can't talk too much about the hunt because I'm gonna uh, interject all the uh, footage. Uh, tell Lilith I said what's up, um, and. Uh, uh, we, we got that recording. I'm going to put the uh, the audio right now. And we're back. And that's what that was for the hunt in Amarillo. And I got to say, God bless every goddamn owner of the stores. They're, they're, oh, yeah. let, let us film, even though we, uh, we ended up asking for forgiveness instead of permission for the first place we went to. Yeah, correct. And but hey, you know, uh, unknown was cool. At least they they played ball. They they weren't shitty about it. And yeah. and what made me feel really good about what we do was like, well, we want to know what what you do. Can you give us a Facebook page? I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give you the website. The website yeah. has the links to everything. The website is polished. It's beautiful. Like all, every podcast we've ever done is there for free. And uh, all the graphics, everything that we do, blog posts. Um, email us by all the links to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, just click it. And we, I, I was confident about it. Like I, I apologize up and down. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put you in position and Hey, just write it down. And I saw her like, like on the phone, like minefield podcast. Like, you know, minefields, plural comics, podcast, plural. And, um, five minutes later, Hey, he's cool with it. Just, uh, tag us. And then she hooked us up with Stray Dogs, uh, me, with, and then we saw that giant sentinel. I'll put the photos up on Instagram for y'all. Oh, yeah. This is a, that sentinel was glorious. Goddamn. <laughs> like, I mean, I like, it, it, it should have, that, that was like a circle jerk of a, of a gorgeous statue. Like, I, 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 I didn't, I couldn't imagine that something like that existed. Oh yeah, no, and that, like I said, it was. You know, we had you know, what, the Sentinel, and we had like five X Men fighting it. We had Psylocke, Jubilee, Angel, or Archangel, freaking Beast, Bishop, and Bishop in the back. Bishop with that beautiful goddamn mullet. Like I, I, I can't think of anyone that's ever pulled off a mullet in the history of the United States and the universe in every parallel dimension than Bishop. That I don't know. Lightning Blind Mike had a heck of a mullet. Hmm. Was Lightning Blind Mike time traveling? He might have been. He could have been straight <laughs> out of the late seventies. So I cannot confirm nor deny. Nor deny. Now, 
we went on the hunt. You just heard what we went on. You, saw, you heard the live footage uh, right after we left Emerald after some seriously delicious, crinkle-ass, salty-ass goddamn motherfucking fries. <laughs> he likes his Brahms, ladies and gentlemen. He likes his Brahms. That's a, that's a brand name, man. It's, a, it's, it's pretty important to me. And there was a Brahms right outside of uh, my big brother's house. We used to go there all the time. Um, he all like God. All he ever ate was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and just Brahms crinkle fries. Man, he just get like a pile of them. Man, just extra ketchup. <laughs> nice. And, and uh, we're we're headed straight out of the straight out of Amarillo to Lubbock. Beautiful city. And we show up at what was it the tornado? Uh, the venue was Jake's back room. Jake's back room, but it, it was the, um, the the Fed itself, though. It was uh, uh, oh, CP Squared Circle Pro. Squared Circle Pro, but the, the show was like the tornado. It was a pay-per-view. I got to say, I can't remember. I, I, had more, I had more fun there than I had at Disneyland. It was a lot of great people getting business done. There was a lot of history. There was no drama. Yeah. Zero drama. There was whispers of past drama. But everyone was on the level, ready to make friends. Uh, one of my favorite things is one of the refs came up to me and was like, Hey, man, uh, I know that uh, I've never met you before, but uh, you know we got to make sure we shake everyone's hands. And I didn't get a chance. I saw you come in, and you were talking to a few people, and... I didn't want to interrupt you, but I just wanted to make sure I introduced myself and shake my hand to you. And uh, I was like, God damn, man, nice to meet you too, brother. Like, fuck yeah. And um, luckily, uh, I didn't think I was going to know anyone there other than Gino. Uh, and But Gino was cool. He, he, he consummate businessman. Every time I was filming, he saw me filming him. He put himself over. That's what you got to do. But then we got, we bumped into Monster 9 and uh, now officially known as 9. And a happy the clown, and happy instructed me how to uh, fix some ugliness on my vest <laughs> and get rid of that, and uh, directed me. Smile, yes, sir. And <laughs> uh, your your buddy. Let me pull up a conversation. Like it, it was, it was one of those things where I forgot that like good people exist, and yeah, uh, uh, Robert. You 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 couldn't believe how much weight he lost. Oh yeah, freaking the sauce. The sauce, man, and yeah, it, that was hot sauce, Marco Riviera. It was his buddy El Baracho yeah. on, on the back of his on the back of his vest that I loved his wrestling. That's the dude I wanted to get on the show that they they were wrestling okay. together, and uh, but he just had the most beautiful smile I've ever seen on a human being. And, oh yeah, no, very very genuine guy, freaking. A brother's brother, if you will. He's a brother's brother. Like, I uh, understood loud and clear. And I, I stopped him. I'm like, hey, man, you don't know me, man. But, like, you have the best smile I've ever seen on a human being in my life. And he shook my hand and, and hugged me. And he messaged me and, and told me. Uh, uh, it was a couple days later. And God bless everyone uh, there in, in Lubbock. Because, like, I, everyone immediately added me on Facebook and sent me, like, well wishes. They knew the the documentary you and I are working on, like the tester, like we're doing something unprecedented. And he, he wanted to thank me for what I said about his smile. And he was telling me about like the dark place that he'd been in and the major changes he's made in his life to be what is inside reflected on the outside. But it, that didn't really matter. What mattered was the fact that the effort in that, that feeling that he's kicking some ass and Hey, uh, yeah. Mr. Rob, 
God bless you, man. I can't wait to see you kick some more ass, man. I can't wait to see you again in Lubbock. Yeah, dude. It's, it's legitimately been probably 10-plus years since last time I saw the sauce. We had actually, we'd actually teamed one time. I kept going off about it in a Anarchy Championship Wrestling out of Austin, Texas. We teamed in a four-way, and he was Hot Sauce, Marco Rivera, and freaking I was a heat seeker at the time, Tony Morales. Yes, sir. And we, we, uh, we tagged as Fire Sauce. For uh, one night only, and we won a four-way tag match. And the whole joke is we actually got fired that night <laughs> because uh, two other guys. What did you the do? Luna brothers, what did you uh, do? We did nothing, actually. But the uh, the Luna brothers ended up, one ended up power bombing the other into a wall. And freaking, uh, the he went through the wall. And the... Um, the owners lost their ever-loving minds on a lot of us for freaking doing something so stupid. Uh, and a lot of we didn't know what the hell had happened. Like we we knew what had happened, but we had we didn't know it was it was nothing that was planned. It just kind of organically developed. And freaking they they were uh, they were trying to get over and freaking they were trying to do some cool stuff, and it didn't end up panning out in their favor. So that was the beginning and the end of the greatest tag team that never was, Fire Sauce. Oh, dude, Rob just messaged me. <laughs> just messaging real quick. I can type that fast. No, it's, not. it's not legible, but it's typed. No, it's still legible like, with punctuation and capitalization. All right, waiting for him to respond back. He's like, what? Nice. What's the podcast? We told you, motherfucker, minefields. <laughs> Plural. I always tell people when they can't, like, what's the podcast? Okay, if you can't remember the name, it's the only, it's the only, we named ourselves after the only song on the Matrix soundtrack by The Prodigy. And that's where the This Is Dangerous comes from. This is dangerous. Walking minefields. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... Now, uh, now I know where it came from. Yes, sir. Now, we were, I told you before, but we've been drinking a lot that night. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. But we get a... We, dude, we get a stacked card tonight. We've already done uh, the, the free pay-per-view over uh, for talking about our predictions for uh, Double or Nothing. Mm-hmm. We already gave you guys the hunt, what we recorded. You'll see the video uh, of us on the road. Uh, I'll finish that up by Sunday. But the stat card today, Robin number two, Detective Comics number ten thirty six, Way of X number two, mm, mm, like 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 Italian style, like mm, 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 mm. and Mr. Miracle number one, Daredevil number thirty, Stray Dogs number four, and we've got a couple honorable mentions, man. But what do you want to start with first? Um, let's dig into Robin number two, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by the whole concept of the Lazarus, Lazarus Island. So if you don't know, last issue, Robin was actually killed by um, this new character, Flatline. Because the entire thing is that Robin has gotten um, an invite to Lazarus Island to compete in this tournament to the death. And it's a bunch of, a bunch of people around his age... Fighting, fighting to the death, and the winner will end up getting immortality. Uh, the the wake up here, 
It just says flat out wake up. You know, Joshua Williamson, writer. Uh, Gleb Melenkov, artist and cover. Luis Guerrero, colors. ALW's Troy Pateri, letters. Francis Monopole did the variant cover. Uh, still not a fan of variants unless it's fucking great. And, <laughs> but... I guess my biggest gripe about this comic was how big the art was. Like, I wanted more detail. Like, there's a lot of bigger panels... Uh, a lot of blending, I dig it, but I, I wanted a little bit more just because it's Damien. Like, if, yeah. if, if if it's a Damien comic, I wanted a lot more dialogue, I wanted a lot more panels. I'm not going to complain with what we got, especially the Spawn, Deadpool, Deadshot. <laughs> uh, any other, what other characters are in this dude? <laughs> uh, we, end up, we end up seeing like, Ravengers, a big one. Um, the daughter of freaking Deathstroke, but we also we had new character Flatline, um, and we see that uh, at one point Ravenger tells her tells Damien about the five people she that he really needs to worry about in this tournament. Respawn, XLL, Flatline, Black Swan, and Hawk. Yep, and we got Hawk. We got Connor Hawk, the son. Of Green Arrow himself. Oh, dude, I popped like a motherfucker on this one. Like, if anyone has serious potential to do anything, is Hawk. And the the same way that Damien does, man. Like, uh, hey, I'm like, I, I gotta show you some stuff. Ah, uh, set a Batman, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to see what sort of hubristical tendencies Hawk has, because like we we see his little tete tete here. And like, 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 how many punches did you just throw down? Like, what's his superpower here? Like, you can punch some motherfucker in the face ninety times for he can even shit his pants. Like, cause that's what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing too is we're getting a lot of a lot of new information. Cause like Ravagers breaking down this tournament and how Damien survived. They're on Lazarus Island, you know, and basically everybody's got they they allow everyone to have three lives. Once you die for the third time, you're 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 dead dead. You know, after if you die twice, you have the choice to leave the island and leave the tournament. But right. if you stay, you've got one life left. And Damien's already down one. And one of the craziest aspects of this freaking comic that I love is him and Ravager talking and then, you know, she basically telling him how this is, you know, survival of the fittest. Right. You got to do what you got to do, and Damien's like, "You mean to tell me I can just do whatever I want? Like, there's there's no leash." And freaking, he just goes around, freaking, just spends a good thirty seconds murdering everybody, dude. Just kind of equaling the playing field. He Finn Balor that motherfucker's face. Yeah. And pointless. And yeah, he got, all, all he says is I don't have to hold on. I don't have to hold back. And then it's game on. And next thing you know, there's just a pile of bodies. See, this is why he's going to return to being Robin. He's got to get his wiggles out. I was referencing uh, re- referencing uh, Nacho Libre. They got to get let let the Ninos get their wiggles out. He's got to get mm-hmm. he's got to get his nuts so crazy psychopath shit out of the way. He's his mom isn't there. His dad isn't there. And yep. And he's got a woman that is, quote-unquote, looking out for him, um, that he's too stupid to realize is using the goddamn shit out of him. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
So that's the thing. At the end of the day, freaking, there's a reason she didn't count herself in the five people that he really needed to worry about. And he he was, is trying to get that trust. Yes, he is. Or she, she is, I should say. No, he's trying to earn it, his trust. He's still Damien, so you were right by accident. They're doing both. Don't, don't, mm-hmm. don't forget that. But Hawk, man, I, I'm like the the grimace on his face, the the million like death by paper cuts, and the boom, like. I'm sorry, can't help. And then, like, just the twist in the back of the head. And she's like, tap, 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 tap. Yeah. Well, that's what you're dealing with, motherfucker. <laughs> Remember, don't fight at night. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, too. There's rules. You know, there's don't fight at night. Freaking, you know, once the sun goes down, you guys got to get along. This and is freaking. It's, it's interesting to see how they play with the, the rules of it. Like, it, it's competition to the death, but it's still civilized. Yeah, but don't forget, have you never seen Enter the Dragon? Remember. Yeah, no. This is Enter the Dragon, and this is a Kumite. Uh, also, it makes me pop thinking about the uh, episode of the Boondocks, the attack of the killer kung fu wolf bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and Grandpa's on that date with that hot chick, and, oh, you uh, do martial arts? <laughs> She uh, recounts her uh, tales of Kimite, and this is what's happening here. Damien Wayne is caught on an island where there's a Lazarus pit that he's the biggest one he's ever seen. He's mm-hmm. got to call his daddy, but ah, this uh, hot, totally pale with blonde hair, I got to find one of these, uh, that just ripped his heart out. Is like, hey, let's be frenemies. Let's, let's, uh, let's figure it out. Like that's that I'm looking forward to that. We get this big Lazarus pit. We don't know what's going on. Like what's really the secret of the island? And we get the secret island. Oh, we get a party. Let me show you how to party. Cause that's Damien's so high, high bound man. Like he's a little too serious. I, I'm looking forward to maybe a twelve issue on this one. Cause remember my theory. Like there's certain certain. Uh, Comic characters you can view for a certain amount of time. Black Widow oh, six. Yeah. Is, oh, definitely. Black Widow six issues. Moon Knight six or twelve. But I want to see him learn his lesson and for some serious shit to go down in Gotham and for him to be clear headed, matured to a certain point. But yeah, he's gonna have a, a party, t- a little bit of a party time. And but it still reminds me of Enter the Dragon because remember, there's all these secret passages. There's people forming these. Uh, uh, secret alliances for for the uh, knockdown dragouts and but we but it's a kid. Uh, how old is Damien? 13, 14? Uh, 14, 14 at this point. He's matured a bit because I think he was when he first debuted. He was ten or eight or ten. Yeah, Morrison knows how to knock it out. But every uh, I just wish there was more panels and a little more dialogue. I wanted I wanted more rules. Uh, I wanted to really them to really pack it in if they could do a six issue on this or even a 12 to make it into in 10 years when everyone's ready for Damien to give us a and I'm gonna like I said with Saint Chi I want a full-fledged superhero comic book legit kung fu movie yeah definitely down for that yeah, we'll see where this goes. I feel like at some point Damien's either got to return to the Titans or he goes back to his dad. And I, freaking, it'll be interesting to see what happens 
to get him to that point. Because it's it, he's got a lot of growing up to do, and freaking, we're about to see what that actually entails for a guy like Damian Wayne. He's basically reading Makeout City from uh, Naruto, and <laughs> he gets called out yeah. on it. And freaking that, and that's that's another interesting part. You know, that is like, why is that his thing? Like, he freaking that's that's his his not, you know, his outside time is you know. You stay. You put the wife to bed. You freaking. You put your kid to bed. You freaking stay up. You freaking. You know. You freaking play video games. Or right. You freaking. We read a comic book or whatever. You know. You stay up listening to music. He's this, reading, is, this is what he does to relax. He's so, reading romance novels, but just manga. <laughs> exactly. That's all I got on that one, man. Uh, the art was solid. Um, it. I read this right after I finished reading Mr. Miracle, and I think that was a mistake. I think I should have read Robin before before we got into this. The artwork of Mr. Miracle number one was just like I, I remember just pausing. Like like there's a lot of different things when it comes to drawing comic books. You can't just draw talking heads like what I've complained mm-hmm. about in The Walking Dead, and but there's so much emotion in this. But there's this is an explosion of color. We oh yeah, ex- like the, the, you've got the freaking the darkness in, in, of him in space doing his latest stunt, in contrast to the bright colors of his costume. One hundred percent. Freaking, it's 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 a great read, and like I, I I got into Mister Miracle, freaking with the uh, the last run they did the twelve issues with uh, Scott Free as Mister Miracle, and and Big Barda. You know where they went. They, they they gave birth to their son, and freaking he had a, and they ended up having to kill Darkseid, and like that was that was amazing because it showed, it went into like, Scott's mental duress, perfect, and like how he dealt with being Mister Miracle and, you know, the guy that couldn't die, it was a guy that could escape from anything and everything, and freaking you know this. You know, we don't know it at first, but we find out that this is actually another guy. The the this isn't Scott Free. No, this is a, his. This is Shiloh. This is the you know the new Mister Miracle, and like him dealing with the fallout of that, which we didn't know at the time. But like he's talking about not wanting to. You know, he we start out. He's doing his latest stunt with him falling off of basically a space station. The uh, chains tied to a chair. The border of where the atmosphere ends and space begins of Earth, which yeah. is which is a uh, nod to that Red Bull sponsored guy that that took off from the stratosphere, and he barely survived that. And uh, exactly. before we before we get too far, Brandon Eason, writer, uh, Fico Osio, artist, uh, Rico Renzi, colorist, Rob Lee. Letterer uh, Yannick Paquette cover Valentin De Landro variant cover Diego Lopez editor, um, but we we were slaving over what which one of these graphics we we're going to use for the uh, cover of Minefields and him just drinking a Jolt Cola. L- l- that's a Jolt, man. L- look at the uh, lightning on it. Uh, I-, I was waiting to call you Is on it? that one. Yeah, you said look at him drinking a. Co- I didn't uh, call it. L- look at him drinking. Right, a- I-, I just said a Coke randomly. Look, he's just Coke random. There's a lightning bolt on that. That means that's a jolt, man. Uh, I remember being like <laughs> that, that. That made me so happy. Like because I remember uh, me and my buddies 
uh, saving our quarters uh, until we had enough to buy uh, either a comic or a pack of cards and ride our bike halfway across uh, base to get to the shopette to buy either and a jolt. <laughs> and a jolt. But, God, look. You, look, you look. got a sordid history with jolt, jolt Cola. Yes, sir. And my, my love of uppers, uh, whatever. But look, look at look at him sitting there drinking that man. Look, look how every little bit pops. He, he, mm-hmm. he on his uh, right thigh. Stargaze. We've got, mm-hmm. we've got the swirl of a galaxy scrolling around him. We've got the sun. We've got him just chilling. I don't give a fuck about nothing. I got a mother box. <laughs> Yeah, but he's still over here just working it. I mean, that's the thing. Like, this is this is how he pays his bills with these uh, with these stunts. Uh, this is how he creates his brand. You know, we're kind of we kind of get into that in the next couple of pages when he's talking you know, with his agent, talking about how to how to make the brand better and bigger, because it um, this show did good, but a lot of his other shows haven't. The demographics have shrunk. You've lost everything from dudes from 8 years old to 15 and women from 18 to 35, and we've got a problem. I don't fucking care. Just make it work. And then we get into the true vibration of the story, which is, uh, would you want to say racial harmony or dysfunction? Um, well, it's a little bit of both, man. You got freaking, like, he just... Like the big thing is that he's talking about if you want to do this, you've either got to up your heroics, or you could take the mask off. And he talks about how it's you know not a good idea to take the mask off. No. And his his agent ends up calling him on it and saying, you know, do you not want to know? Do you not want the world to know that you know Mr. Miracle's African American? And it leads into a whole ordeal. And like he, the whole thing ends up being that he just he feels you know, like himself when he's in the mask and the gimmick and the gimmick, if you will. That reminded me of a, uh, documentary I saw when I was going to school back in McGrain, Alabama, when we had a uh, legit black history month, when we had a specific textbook. And I remember, uh, watching a film strip, uh, with like in fourth grade in Ms. Henderson's, um, uh, back trailer. Cause it was our, our room is a trailer. Oh, and, gotcha. I, I had some of that too. And they uh, showed us a film strip about, it was like the, I want to say like mid-60s, mm-hmm. pre-space launch, and they they offered a little black girl two dolls, a white girl a white girl doll and a black girl doll, and she picked mm-hmm. the, white girl, the white doll. And they asked her why she picked the white doll, and she's like, because this is the right one. Oh, wow. And... Inherently, she was programmed to believe that white was better. And in that same vibration, same frequency, is what's happening right now with Mr. Miracle. Like, he can take it off, tell everyone he's black, but at the same time, though, I feel, I, I really feel like the inner struggle here is and why he freaked out because he goes on a date with the, the firefighter after she signs the non-disclosure, is that he doesn't want to admit that he feels better with a mask on than showing his black skin, which is a big deal. Yeah. And I hope I'm not looking too far into it, but I really do feel that's what's going on here is that in order for him to feel good about himself, 
he's got to have the mask on. Like, a la Spider-Man versus uh, Iron Man in uh, No Way uh, Homecoming. Yeah, if you, you can't freaking if you can't if you're not good enough with the suit, you're not gonna be good or yeah, if you're not good enough without the suit, you're not good enough with it. You feel me? You feel me in that? And we have the added uh monkey wrench here is the mother box is malfunctioning and we don't know why. Yeah. But I wanna get back into the whole concept of the uh he meets the firefighter. Please do. Like it's 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 interesting because like, you know, we have the whole no, no, non disclosure agreement. But like his agent goes to the fire department looking for this girl because apparently Mr. Miracle is such a big star that he can't do it himself. Right. And, like, he comes in and he's like, oh, hey, uh, you know, he'd like to take you out on a date, but I need you to sign this non-disclosure form and blah, blah, blah. And it's like he just he, – like it seems so simple. Like you, you like a girl, you ask her out, you go from there. Right. And, like, but he's he's not able to do that whether – it's because he doesn't feel comfortable with his own skin, or if the uh, if his agent's pushing it. But you know he's you know he ends up having to meet her, and like she doesn't have any idea what he looks like or anything. She's only seen him as Mister Miracle, and like it's really interesting to watch them go on this date, and have Mister Miracle completely blow it. He shits the bed completely. Oh yeah, he he just he just wanted to talk about you know himself and being a superhero and this and that, and like it's like we talked about you know the thought process that like he wasn't comfortable without the mask. Right. I actually don't think he knows who he is. Not in least, but I think this is a complete identity not miracle. This is a crisis issue. It's an identity crisis issue. Yeah. And she she's the only one to level his ass out. You're a great yeah. illusionist. The biggest illusion is that Shiloh Norman is someone worth knowing. Denise, I'm sorry, truly, oh. I didn't mean. And she's like, I'll cons-, he's like, please let me let me make this up to you. I've had a rough week. I'll consider it when you've had something worth talking about. Good night. And then immediately his phone goes off, and then straight battle. Yeah, and he you know he walks into his office, you know his building, and we see freaking all this you know graffiti. You know we see uh. Interloper, thief, bargain, you know, uh, bargain, bargain, basement, you liar. Know, not Scott. You know he's whoever is writing this knows he's not scot free. Ghetto hero. And, um, yeah, ghetto hero. And we end up seeing him getting blasted by something that looks like a boom tube. Oh, hundred percent. You know, and then freaking you know he's just like, who are you? And he's you know, all, all the guy says is weak, stupid, worthless. And we turn the page, and he's like the true inheritor of the Mr. Miracle mantle. I am the only child of Scott and Barta Free. I am never free. Or Navir Free. And freaking, apparently this is their child from the uh, the last 12-issue Mr. Miracle series. Now, that is a woman, straight and true. Look at the thighs. Look at those uh, busty triple Ds under some... Uh... Under some armor, I'm not trying to be sleazy here. I'm just, I'm, I'm just pointing out the obvious. <laughs> yeah. And like if, if uh, the reason I say that is because if uh, girl action figures always have dis- different joints at the hips, mm-hmm. and those aren't biceps, those are not uh, pecs. Those are some yeah. triple D's under some serious armor. 
But goddamn, she's like Guardian and Black Knight and Storm. Big Marta. Ooh, good. There's some definite Big Marta vibes there. Good call on that one with the Robin color scheme and yeah, never. I'm I'm saying never free on that one. Never. You can say never free. It's never free. And more boom tubes, just boom. Like how many? Boom- well, that's a, the thing too, though, is a freaking. If it's not, if it is a woman, because they had a son in the in the twelve issue series. And freaking uh, good call, brother. So what happened? What happened to the ch- the the child in question? Hmm. You know, is this is this actually the actual child of Scott and Barta? Is this somebody claiming you know like Joker's daughter? Right. You know, or, or is this going to end up being, um, you know, another child afterwards and that first child passed? That's a hard call. There's, there's one, a couple man. of things. We, there's there's several ways you could go with it. I say we should make a bet. <laughs> Just kidding. We made enough bets today. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah, if you heard our uh, double or nothing bets, like someone's action figures is getting ripped open. And stepped only on. If you, only if you get less than a third of them right. And and stepped on. <laughs> I didn't say stepped on. <laughs> eh, never. It'd be disgracing the AEW. Let's do Daredevil, man. Alrighty, pull that one out. This one was God. It, it's I gotta say I'm greedy with Daredevil because. How so? Well, it's it's issue thirty. We've had thirty solid issues. Of another like I, I want to say maybe two issues were tweener issues. Mm-hmm. This is the third one. Um, we we see Electro on the cover, which we all I almost bought that poster over at Nomad. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was too wrinkled. Not that they didn't take care of it. It was one of those folded ones they get as promos. We got Foggy. Pissed off at, at Daredevil. Yeah, he survived the, the stabbing. Yep. And uh, Elektra is, I think the meat and potatoes here, and I'm going to stand 100% by what I said last time, is that y'all thought X-23 was cool? Nah. Actually, this is pretty cool. Elektra's protege. Elektra's protege. I mean, there's so many, like... Like where she's training training her with bow staffs up on the roof. Hey, ready to fight some crime? Yeah, fuck it, yeah. <laughs> and we get to uh, another big poignant part of the story is that Wilson Fisk is doing something he very rarely does is acknowledge weakness and and acknowledge partnership without threats. Um, he invites Typhoid Mary. She's been only been a couple of weeks since she's been awake and he's proposing a, a true blue partnership they never had a partnership because remember when she revealed herself as Typhoid Mary like 10 issues ago we mm-hmm. popped we popped like motherfuckers like how do we not see that <laughs> and exactly and but now he's proposing something where they're equals he's not in love with her but he's got a caringness toward her, toward her that I think I've only ever seen and started from the Daredevil uh, Netflix series with Vincent D'Onofrio playing a very poignant, very complicated, emotional, but not ever really wrong Wilson Fisk. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, they 
his whole thing with Vanessa was pretty epic because like you totally you understood where he was coming from the whole time. Oh God, that 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 was when he's. It really it really hit me hard the way that this quote unquote evil person that is the mayor dividing Hell's Kitchen up while Electra is filling in the the spaces in between. And that's 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 one of our phrases, by the way. Um But we get Electra just hit up a nightclub. Yep. And one of the best parts about this is she's like, you know, hey I'm a I'm Daredevil, and my name is Electra Nachios. Yep. And she's like, I own this building. And they're just like, you know, how can you tell us your secret identity? And she's like, neither one of my identities have anything to fear. You know, they create fear. And I was like, oh. That was, that was you know, that, that, that is badass line of the year. One of the best. Like, I don't have ever. anything to fear from you guys. Come on. Nah, motherfuckers, just pick you guys out. But even then, like, like the, 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 the plain Jane guy that is working with uh, Matt Murdock's fake twin. Oh yeah. Is is not a uh, he's not he's not a D-lister guy. He's a D-lister if he was on his own, but then we get this Jason motherfucker show up with a goddamn katana blade. <laughs> yeah. But he like the full full like Michael Myers Jason blend. Red eyes, katana blade. Like, I dug it, man. Like, I popped. Yeah, no, it's been really. It's like the whole series has been good, and these like, I didn't, you know, I, had, I don't know where the hell these Jason guys came from, but they're freaking awesome. And then we see the little girl over here trying to like break in and help out. You know, ends up taking a fist to the face right off the bat. You know, Electra's trying to fight this guy off, and then bam. Little girl taking her bow staff that Electra taught her how to use and just cracking this dude over the head with it. Dude, that was a that was a neck breaking. Uh, that was a neck breaking, if not like wake up thirty years from a coma hit, and channeling the hate that and uh, power that Electra's been showing her. Electra sees it like right after that big chalk. Look at Electra, white eyes, mm-hmm. seeing it happen. Like I, I, I'm, I'm feeling. The motherhood come in here because she. I, I don't think that Electra really wants to be as brutal as a mother or a father would tr- treat a child the way she was treated, but she still has her ideals in what she defines as a how to raise a child or, or a human being. And well, I think what she defines it is, is strength. I mean, that's, that's the thing. She wants her to be strong. But, like, Electris knows what she went through, and I think deep down, while that's all she knows, she doesn't, like, she, she sees the end of innocence in this very moment. That's precisely my point, is that she's seeing that, and she wants to do the best, but her best, the way she was raised, and what she knows is wrong. And you see her, I, I just, just, you were, she's holding a smoking gun, and she's crying because she just put a bullet in a guy. And broke a guy's neck, and just just passes out from the extremity of it, and we get this vaporous apparition. I mean, this is kind of like Mister Negative type style, but with Jason, and yeah. the, the she's got, and then and we get the 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 uh, furled 
eyes here, but they go to spawn eyes. Like, those are... Uh, I'm going to call it, man, anytime you see eyes like this, after you see the smoke coming out of the Jason guy, the, yep. the Michael Myers guy, look at her eyes. Those are spawn eyes. And yeah. I, I'm just calling that on that, the, the protecting the innocent, but we get the mat. Oh. Yeah, and we find out the hand is back. Ooh, which is going to be insane. But yeah, no, they're, tell- they're talking to Matt. They're talking about making a deal. Well, they'll basically let him go because he freaking, he's not safe in jail after getting stabbed the last issue. And like the guy who, one of the guys who went out of his way to hunt Daredevil earlier before he put, you know, gave himself up to the criminal justice system is telling him you don't you don't understand what you're doing by taking away this deal. You're you're not you know you're not you're not a martyr. You're not somebody just you're not doing this for the greater good. You're doing this because you're selfish. He's he's so right. The, the the dirty clean cop that played by the rules but still was in that uh, the uh, Hell's Kitchen by, battle. Yeah, he, he's so right. He's never been wrong. Since the beginning, from issue like I want to say like four, when he first showed up, he's never yep. been wrong. But he just uh, he just doesn't know the unknown unknowns. But he's still right. And yeah. but Matt is struggling. And then we get to uh, when we write our six issue Daredevil series. Eventually, when we get bored, um, we're gonna have to turn Bullseye into a torso. <laughs> nice. Pull all his teeth out. We're gonna we're gonna even have to rip out his eyelashes because I'm not dying because Bullseye launched a goddamn eyelash into my jugular because he could do it. Exactly. But yeah, I know he finished up this issue of Fisk working out, and then Wesley comes in with the phone, and it's supposed to be the doctor, and we turn around and it's Bullseye, and he's you know at the end of the last issue. About how they're gonna finally control Bullseye, and apparently you cannot control <laughs> no, Bullseye. Never. As he's killed the Doctor among with several, along with several other people, and he just broke out. That's the gimmick, man. You can't control Bullseye. That's why I say like cut his like turn him into torso, rip out his eyelashes out. I'm not getting killed by a, uh, a stray bullseye to the jugular eyelash because he could do it. And he just killed a bunch of guys with families and then fuck it, who gives a shit? <laughs> they, yeah. shouldn't have, they shouldn't have been working on this experimental project anyway. And look what it got him. Yeah. Collateral damage. Bullseye's free. That's like, the, the last issue we just reviewed had great goosebumps. This one... If you really know a lot about Bullseye, Bullseye's free. Uh, and we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. We're, like, he freaking, he just debuted in the third season of Daredevil and was insane. Like, this is a, this is a completely freaking, this is a Daredevil, this is a Bullseye that was, like, held captive. Yeah. Like, this is a pissed off Bullseye looking for revenge. Like you can't get much more screwed than that. No, 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 no. It, it's he, if he's mad, he's calculating. Yeah. That's all I got for that one, man. What do you got next? Unless you want to do uh, a runner-up. 
Uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, let's do a runner-up real quick. Freaking, what do you have in the runner-up pile? Yeah, we got a runner-up pile. I've got uh, honorable mentions, runner-ups. Stillwater number seven. They're developing the story as the uh, uh, the our our main character is trying to save his mom after the big explosion at the town hall when no one's allowed to leave the town. But the one person that was leaving town was breaking the rules. A Vietnam vet had to finish a job. And his commanding officer, he was going to beat to death, left into a niche of his life. And we find out that his Vietnam uh, buddies and the guy he was going to kill tracked him down, figured out that the town is an immortal town, and pretty much blackmail him. Like, hey, we're going to take over this town now. Um, you're with us against us, and it's, it's one of those gimmicks. Uh, next one is Wolverine number 12. Ah, God, I'm kind of so torn about vampires in the X-Men. <laughs> especially when they did re-X-Men back in 2012, X-Men number one, and we got Dracula and Jubilee got changed. And, um, that was a big deal because you know how partial I am to Jubilee. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've heard, I've heard a time or two. And, and Shogu, um, but... It was it was decent and Ice Cream number twenty four. This one hit hard. This one this one really even though I'd want to talk about it like full on long box, it, mm-hmm. it, it it's one of those ones where if I was going to if I was conducting a like a writer's retreat, I would throw ice cream number number twenty four at them as the monkey wrench. Like, we just learned all this sort of stuff. Like, like we had to do narrative, develop characters, uh, create tension. But then here's Ice Cream Man number 24. And that was really good. Now, they just broke every every rule that we just talked about. And you still enjoyed it really? as if you were enjoying The Great Gatsby or Kill a Mockingbird. That's how goddamn good uh, W. Maxwell Prince is. Um... What was your, any runner-ups from you? Uh, no, I didn't really have anything too much. I kind of looked over. I had Scumbag number eight, and this is kind of it's kind of interesting to always see what's going on with good old Agent Scumbag. Yes, sir. Freaking, you know, he's over here trying to get you know, he's basically triple agenting on everybody. You know, they're on the moon with these these hippies. And the whole thing is he want all he wants to do is get laid. And you know, he's got this gorgeous blonde that wants to, but all he's got to do is help out, you know, her, you know, the girl in charge. And they want to take over and bring everyone to their way of thinking. And they need him to do it. And freaking they end up taking um, Sister Mary and making her, you know, turning her towards their point of view, basically with mind control, which is what they want to do to the rest of the world. And he's just like, you know, if they're going to freaking, if they're going to make everybody happy and make it, you know, solve all the problems, who cares if there's a little mind control? And Why not? Why not, right? You know, just yeah. a little bit of a, we give a little bit of a, you know, freedom for some blind bullshit. Yeah. And at the end of the day, freaking, you know, they, they end up powering this machine to turn the world into towards their way of thinking. But Ernie falls into it, and freaking, he ends up, you know, they end up this machine 
takes his personality and basically shoots it all over the world. And freaking now, you know, every it's you know the last thing is he's like, you know, looks like you motherfuckers just created Planet Ernie. And freaking, we're about to see what the rest of the world is gonna look like when they're all thinking like Ernie. I got a whole lot of blow. I really need to catch up on this oh, one. I, I feel like each issue should come with a bottle of Kentucky Deluxe and some really shitty, like, 30% cocaine, like, 70% sweet and low bag of Coke. Hey, Paul. <laughs> well, like, well, here's a special edition. Make sure no one follows you outside. Hey, I'm brown. Everyone follows us everywhere. <laughs> Uh, Rob just messaged us, man, back like we've got. Uh, we we're gonna. We we're. I told you I was gonna. We were gonna put him over. Los crudos, uh, Sose and el borracho, June nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Valley wrestling matches. We've got uh, June kaboom, June nineteenth. Uh, sin limites, boxing gym. Adultos, ten dollars, five dollar BYOB cans. Doors open at three p.m. And uh, he's currently working on his own podcast called Bongs and Body Slams. We gotta get this motherfucker to Colorado, man. How would you? Yo, dude. We really, really he's, do. He's working on Bongs and Body Slams, man. Uh, it's coming out soon. And he's got the greatest smile in the business. And, uh, and not a bad beard, if I do say so myself. Not a bad dude. I, you know, I bet that guy would be the kind that would let his enchilada go uh, cold while he fried an egg to put on the red chili for you. Let's just, I can see that. That just seems like the type of guy. Good guy. Yeah. Great uh, guy. Great la- guy. Last bit of my uh, runner-ups. Shang-Chi number one. God damn. Such potential. His sister is annoying as shit. Holy sh- like like he it's just one of those things <laughs> like we're uh, investigating uh, about some drugs we're investigating about some violence and hey I'm investigating that too I'm Spider Man we're friends right Shang Chi uh, you only address him as Emperor like uh, uh, don't do that <laughs> it's a uh, it's a root that the 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 drug place they break up is a root that you put in your it's like uh, imagine putting a a root in your mouth like a like an actual root and it turns you half into in half Bigfoot half like Black Panther and uh, Shang-Chi's oh, wow. trying, trying to maintain his uh, I'm still a good guy Spidey I don't want you to know this but you just saw some shit Spidey looked the other way and uh, we've got a madman on the loose that had established this drug business but it was business of this root that would turn you into half like monster and uh, Teen Titans Academy Red X is not what you think. I, I, I would imagine the best way to put Red X is we've got Suicide Squad coming in to get the uh, uh, what's what's the speedster's name? Uh, let me find it. Bolt. Bolt. Bolt is going to sleep. Her roommate is like, "Hey, come on, what's going on? Like, you've got a lot to tell." And she tells her a half-assed story about how she's part of the Suicide Squad and made a deal with the devil. And they're probably coming to get me. And Suicide Squad's on the way. Peacemaker's like, in his headpiece, like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and yeah, fuck you. I'm not doing any of that. And uh, Red, X is, Red X is like, I can get us in, but stay close. Uh, we've got Super... Of course, we're not going to. Yeah, and Superboy is obviously the one that breaks it. And why is Superboy part of it? 
I don't know how they put a bomb in his head, but um, the kryptonite bomb. They break the uh, protocol. He wanders to four. The alarm goes off. Uh, actual Titans have to come back, even though uh, babysitter Titans are on the alert. And we end up with some Titans, some brand new Titans that are on the detective case. Like they might as well have had a uh, magnifying glass and a uh, and a Bible in their hands, figuring out what happened. To Perhaps a great Dan named Scoob. Oh, dude, red herring. Every time. Every, Every time. time. Red herring, red X. It all makes sense. It perfect sense. I just love it seeing Peacemaker, man. Like, uh, like of all the... Because you know how they always have to like put things over before the movie comes out. But John Cena is going to be the best Peacemaker. I mean, they, he's a big enough deal that they freaking are writing this whole comic about him. So, I mean, why not? Shit, man the uh, the 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 lazy Superman cos Superboy cosplay alone. Just trim your hair, put a black Superman shirt on, and some jeans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I talked about Wolverine, Ice Cream Man, Shang Chi. Yeah, those are all honorable mention runner-ups. Let's awesome. uh, give me some detective, man. Alrighty, we got some detective ten thirty-six. We got Batman and the Huntress. So at the end of last issue, um, that girl had been murdered. I think her name was Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. Sarah. And she ended up coming back as a zombie. And we see – we open with her walking towards Bruce. And then we see another girl, another neighbor named Lydia. And we see Bruce carrying in Sarah's presumably dead corpse. And she freaks out and calls the cops. And we see – um, Sarah, quote unquote, just melting, and we find out that it is Lady Clayface. I popped, man. I was really excited for that. Like, uh, I, I was, I love that it was a, a surprise zombie at the last issue, but I was worried about a zombie storyline because those always suck. I don't know. I was kind of intrigued in seeing like Batman in that new environment, and I was kind of, I was actually kind of disappointed where it's just Lady Clayface. I was like, aww. I'm still on the wavelength. Anytime I see Clayface, like legit within the pages of canon Batman, I'm all in. Especially because uh, I've 100% subscribed to the uh, original Clayface uh, in the animated series. Oh yeah, no, it was it was awesome, freaking. And we haven't seen Clayface since uh, I believe Rebirth started. Basically, like he had a, a good six month run where he was. I mean, that was longer than six months to be sure. It was rebirth. He, he, had, he had reformed, and he was really good friends with uh, with freaking um, Orphan. Correct. Because she was doing, she was working on um, some stage work to work on her her speaking ability, and he was a trained actor, and like they had really made a good connection, and like we know at the end he ended up still being alive, but he walked away, and we hadn't seen him since. So to see, you know, Lady Clayface back, kind of wonder if we're going to end up seeing, you know, the actual Clayface at some point. I hope so, man. But even then, I think it would detract from the story because all the intricities on this one are dependent on uh, B-listers and being um, hindered. Batman does not have the cave anymore. Uh, the, 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 it's one of the few, like, it really paused me when... Uh, after you know, we see uh, Penguin's goons walk in and get attacked by some meth head, 
and we get the Batman holding Jim uh, a gym bag, no mask on, but still the still the shadows. When was the last time you yeah. saw someone without their mask on in the shadows on top of a brooding on top of a church? No, he's he's got business to do. Like the best yeah. he's got the best he's got is his goddamn utility belt, but even then uh he's got business to do and he's got privacy to maintain, he's got neighbors he can't wake up and the the way he puts on the cow like it's definitely not that uh armored cow like we got in uh nightfall which i just finished today by the way and um neil you're hurting me and the blank stares in his eyes how did you feel when you saw that well neil's neil's kind of come off like he's a villain the whole time but like i'm kind of feeling that like the more and more I get to know that we see the Neil character, I definitely feel like he's being controlled by somebody else. We're just not quite sure who yet. I'm hoping it's Scarecrow. I'm hoping it's they're... definitely possible. I mean, they're building that huge arc over in Batman about him. I like, man. It's one of the things that was really hard to get through. Um, Nightfall was there was a three series uh, Scarecrow bit in between that was really whimsically that's the best i can say to make it look dirty and and horrific as a horror comic and Mm -hmm. those three issues were so difficult to get through and then we get to what's going on in actual pages of batman where we're getting like uh, like i we were talking about at water the other day and you know in amarillo no in uh, lubbock and um, how awesome that splash page was when we see peacemaker just going through the most horrific thing I've ever seen in my life. That was worse mm-hmm. than than uh, the Total Recall Mind Erase. That was worse than what Neo went through. I mean, it looked more painful than emotionally and mentally painful at the same time. But then we get to this clean-cut scene of Batman on, on the roof and Huntress. Fuck yep. you. Another, another amazing freaking character we don't see nearly enough of you know she was basically the best part of the birds of prey movie yes yes she was and freaking you know we're seeing her you know and she's here purely because she freaking had a friend that was killed you that, know, she talks about she didn't have many friends that and here she is that hit hard like the disappearance of that chubby chick and she finds the cat, mm-hmm. and now she wants to find who's responsible. And she can go fuck these Batman, Bruce Wayne. I'll fucking kill you. I'm on a mission. Yeah. Is that Lady Clay? Is that Clayface in your bag? <laughs> yeah. Is there a reason why he's here? God, just the 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 audio or the the written audio slurp as it disappears into the. Uh, the rainy Gotham sky. Mm-hmm. And we get the reluctant, the reluctant team up. Yep. And we just, you know, and we find out that she was actually involved in a day. She was in the asylum when everything hit, you know, and we're not really sure what's, you know, what's going on with her right now. Is she malfunctioning? Right. Like the like the poison is is making her form forms that she doesn't want to? Because that's the gist I got. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Like she's, you know, and she just happened to be in the sewer when uh, Sarah was murdered, which is why she had taken her form. And freaking, you know, 
But when, you know, the more and more they tried to get more answers out of her, the more she was just like, I'm tired and I, I just, I need to rest. Yeah. Cause so they, like, they, it seems like the gas had an effect on her, but maybe due to her physiology, not quite the, the obviously not the effect that it had on others. She's taking forms reluctantly. The, the traumas, the traumas, like, and notice that when she talks that the word bubbles are surrounded by red. Yeah. Like there's definitely she's definitely afraid. And she's definitely she's definitely hurting. Like she doesn't want to be where she's at in, you know. Like she may, I don't know if she just didn't do anything wrong or freaking if it's like the effects of the gas or some other thing where they freaking control her differently. Or like maybe not control, but like she's definitely not thinking clearly. No. No, we get the scene with the penguin with these mag- these pink maggots coming out of these guys' eyes. And don't forget, Bruce left her Lady Clayface alone in his bat cave sewer. Mm-hmm. As him and Huntress went out, and we see uh, uh, Father Sarah freaking out on the mayor. And we have one of the best, best. I've never seen the penguin look so good. Oh, yeah, no, he just. Like, he seems, like, he seems important, but he just seems angry, and, like, he seems like a lot of this nonsense is just kind of beneath him. Why are you bothering me with this? Yeah. We get the pink maggots coming out of the eyes. No, you get to see his eyes. We get back to Huntress, and we get to Neil. Neil, who had, he wasn't feeling too good earlier, left the mirror's office, and his eyes are the same way. And did you notice from the very beginning, and this is one of the best parts about uh, comics, is when you can freeze frame things. Even mm. though, even though the rain is overwhelming, his hands are still stained in blood. Yep, it's not coming off. And you know, we're, and this is another mystery popping out as we turn around and we see Neil dying. You know, and we don't know, we have no idea whose blood that is. We have no idea where it came from, if it's his, if it's somebody else's. And, you know, he's been, you know, he's had those head, those headaches for so long. Right. You know, and it's like, now we're seeing those things pop out of his eyes. We can only assume that everybody who's having these, these eye maggots yeah. coming out of their head freaking is experiencing the same headaches. I'm still thinking Scarecrow in this one. Man. Oh, it could de- it could definitely be Scarecrow, but I mean, he's more he's always been more of a mental game, not so much like a fit like physical pain. He just enjoys screwing with people, testing the limits of fear. I agree, and but they are playing to everyone's fear uh, on this uh, issue in the last one, like uh, fear of uh, being murdered by your abusive boyfriend, fear of being a uh, uh, raped and murdered by some uh, guy in the in the alley, and I don't think that they are ignoring because DC smart. I don't think they're ignoring what's going on with Scarecrow and Batman, the actual Batman mm-hmm. Batman, um, to bring it full circle and bringing all these great other peripheral characters like Huntress and why not? It it I. I I, I think they're paying attention to what's going on here, but because remember in the the last issue, of Detective, like they're like, well, Batman's preoccupied. Yeah. 
I mean, he might have been going through some crazy acid trip, but even then, we still have to recognize that Batman has a cool Gotham apartment the <laughs> way that Dick Grayson does. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just spitballing here and then because, like, I, I really do, like the detective story on this one is is above my head on this one, man. Like, like the rain isn't washing the blood off the hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got. I mean, we got all kinds of. It, it, there's just several different aspects of it, you know. And then we turn the last page, talking about coming full circle, and we see this lady walk up to the apartment, and it turns out that Lydia. The uh, the person who called the cops on Bruce Wayne for having the body with him is dead in the street or dead in the sidewalk. Yep. Even after that heavy rain, uh, maybe this mm-hmm. is a, a detail that I that they ignored. The blood that was on Neil's hands. Yeah. That blood is still there after a heavy rain. Yeah. Can't wash away the sins. But don't don't forget the. Uh, the silhouette, the guy smoking the cigarette. Oh. Next, Bruce Wayne under suspicion. Dum dum dum. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, we got we got we got a detective story here that freaking a pretty intense detective story, and we got Bruce Wayne freaking, you know, under suspicion, and we got everybody, you know, people close to Bruce are dying. And these are people, and that's one thing for Bruce. It's like a lot of these are people he knows. Right. So how how does that affect you when the people that are dying are people you're close to? Especially like, when he's forced to, with. he's forced to pay attention to it. Like there's no more Bruce Wayne going to these big galas. He can still go there, but he's hoping they'll pick up the check. And we got Huntress hunting down an abusive boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, the ex-boyfriend of her friend that passed away. I guess it, the the best shot of this is the flashback of her watching her parents die. Like, if you see the way they animate that, it is not anywhere close to how well... Let me phrase that. This is so much better than the facial expressions and everyone else throughout the entire, like, second story arc here. Mm-hmm. Like, the little girl crying with blood on her face. Perfect purple and red, greens... And then it's Watchmen style, you know, using the secondary colors, and then we, she hunts down the abusive boyfriend. Like, of course she's going to want to shoot her in the head, put a bullet in the eye. Yeah. And the thing is, he doesn't care. No. Like, the whole time, freaking, he's just like, this is just how things happen. And freaking, he ends up pulling a gun on her, and next thing you know, he's freaking getting shot in both, both shoulders and mm-hmm. stuck to a chair. She don't care. Yeah, and, and he, you know, he doesn't care. She doesn't care. Freaking, but he ends up saying that he basically didn't do it, and turns out he actually has proof. He's got a, a ticket from freaking him flying back from Vegas when she was killed. He was on a plane. So I mean, you know, for all the for all the horrible person he was, he didn't kill her. Did you ever get in a fight with someone that you were just completely overpowering and they were still talking shit? Can't say that I have, no. I have. <laughs> like, like uh, it reminds me, in, in, in a, just to put it in a comical sense, like uh, when uh, Bullet Tooth Tony was fucking with the Russian from uh, Snatch. 
And he's, mm-hmm. and he's shooting him with a Desert Eagle. Pop, 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 pop. Well, a Desert Eagle will put a hole in, the, in your back the size of a watermelon. And he's putting yeah. it in that fucking Russian. He's like, fuck you. You missed. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> pull up your socks. And and this guy is talking shit the whole time. My, my point here is that he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't mm-hmm. give a shit to the point that he is getting brutalized. And he is still talking shit like he's still powerful. And, yeah. H- and Huntress can't do nothing about it. She realizes that. Ah, fuck it. And... Yeah. And then she ends up calling Oracle and being, you know, just because this guy didn't kill her doesn't mean he's still not a piece of crap. Yeah. And freaking, you know, talking to her about freaking uh, putting someone away for credit card fraud. <laughs> you have some time later to put someone away for credit card fraud? Always. <laughs> uh, and and, and then, then she ends up going home and freaking, apparently she's adopted her friend's cat. I like the pet she, aspect here. They're not, it's not crypto. But I'm loving this this cat. I'm loving uh, Dick Grayson's one-legged dog, man. Because that if someone if someone goes Patrick Bateman on that dog, I'm gonna show up on the on the steps of DC Comics like ah, mad <laughs> as hell. Not gonna take it anymore. Nope. What a great issue, man. What a great. There were so many emotions going on that. Like, is it truly about the detective story and the mystery, or is it about the emotion? And yeah, I say it's about the emotion. You got, you got, you got, you know, Lady Clayface is terrified of something. Because you, you, you got Bruce Wayne doesn't know what's going on. Huntress is just is mad because she lost her friend. Correct. Uh, Mister Mister Worth is panicking, is just angry because he's freaking got his uh his daughter's dead. Yep. Freaking um, you know, Nakano is trying to make things right, and he just became mayor, and he you know he's kind of got an idea what to do, but. Overall, he's in way over his head. Way too many promises. <laughs> you know? Way, way too many promises. Like, you, you just can't do this to Gotham. Like, the best you can do is say your your water's clean. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, in, uh, I don't know, as long as someone didn't steal $1,000 from you, we might show up. Like, it's Gotham. That's literally what's happening in Atlanta right now. If you, you can literally walk into a boutique right now and steal... Uh, less than nine hundred dollars. If he's still less than nine hundred bucks, the cops aren't showing up. That's yeah. literally what's happening in LA. Literally what's happening in LA right now. And I'm not saying that LA is turning to Gotham, but I'm not saying it ain't. I'm hoping it turns more into one of those uh, escape from LA things where hey, you've been prosecuted and found guilty. You can either live on the island of Los Angeles or you can go straight to one of our suicide booths. <laughs> <laughs> Your choice. Dude, God, we gotta find a fed like in Detroit to go to like every month. <laughs> nice. And and the challenge you want to go to the Robocop my freaking museum. Ah, don't do that to me. Don't Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How how long can we survive on the streets of Detroit without wearing some juggalo ICP shit? As long as it takes. <laughs> as long as it takes. Hey, we're in the pro wrestling business. Hey, let's never come to Detroit again. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so... Oh, man. Stray dogs are way axe. Uh, we get, this is, let's go into some stray dogs. All right, so last issue, and 
The thing about Stray Dogs is it's really rare when you find an indie comic that is... Each issue has first print testimonials from Chip Todarski saying this is one of the best, like, blended um, high-end comics on the shelves right now on first print. Usually second, maybe third. Or usually graphic novel. Um, Mm -hmm. They're blending the artwork of, like, a a straight-up Disney movie. Like, high blacks in the background for to utilize, like, establishing what the, the figure is and specific, the coloration and... Well, the dogs just saw that maybe one of their friends just got caught finding their dead master buried in the crawl space, taken out back in the shed, and a boom, boom. Oh, wow. And the dogs are arguing, no, no, no. There's a hound dog, like, no. He's he's the voice of reason. No, no. Mm-hmm. Master, master always takes care of us. You guys are crazy assholes. A bunch of rebellious little shits. You need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Indeed. And throughout the book, the bigger dog, more of the sheep dog, and he just keeps wandering in as the we haven't really seen him before. His his presence is more of a um, something bigger is going on, and we're bickering, and this dog is king and. The I want to say the he he looks more like a uh, German Shepherd mutt, more like a tramp, and he okay. said he says I remember Master breaking and killing my master, and now I'm here. And but the the hound dog is ostracized by everyone to go outside to pee. It's their they 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 find the shed where they heard a boom boom, and the hound dog is left with some various memories and goes into the master's forbidden room while the other dogs found the spot where the sod has been put over and they smell the dog they just got killed from the last issue. Oh, wow. And the hound dog is getting pissed. Maybe I'm wrong. Wanders around the room, around the house, bumps into the big sheepdog. Ugly look. They're obviously the ones that have been there the longest. And he smells something in the master's room and remembers the master going into his mom and dad's house when he was just a pup. At the very same time when the dogs are managed to get uh, the the door open in the, in the tiny little shed. And we see taxidermied skulls and dried carcasses and clamps and the the main dog, the tramp, the one that introduced our, our main character, the little uh, Pomeranian. Oh, wow. He says, run. It just, just a whisper, run. And all the dogs are scrambling to break out of the fence. They, they are literally hitting it like billy goats, doing everything they can. At the same time, the hound dog, that's when the hound dog gets to the master's secret room and smells, smells his uh, original master's dead clothes and remembers the master handing him a little uh, like a milk treat as a tiny little pup watching him watching the master rape and murder his master while he's eating he's busy eating his milk bone and that's the guilt hey you're gonna take him here right well he's seat seat buckled to the uh, master's uh, 
windowless van. <laughs> uh, passenger it's seat. A windowless van, yes. And uh, he gets home, and he remembers being little, and even Little Tramp and all the uh, youngest versions of the dogs that are there before the Pomeranian showed up. And as his flashback is happening, the closet opens up, and uh, the dog from last issue that the master finished off is... His head is on the wall, as, as well as uh, nine other dogs, like like deer, and he also has, uh, like if you're if you're a hunter, you've got your trophies on the wall, you've got your guns, but there's not guns hanging off this locker that the heads are mounted on. It, it's scissors and scalpels, and the hound dog turns around to find uh, the master with a shotgun to his face and just bad dog. And it's still told, like, I want to say, I was reading this uh, meme I saw today about the uh, different stages of Disney. There's the Golden Age, there's the Silver Age, there's the Renaissance, which is Aladdin, you know, uh, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Lion King. Yeah, yeah, and they're telling it more from, like, the 80s sense, the the hard, stark blacks, um accentuating the form, the like aristocrat style, um, great detective style, uh, but not too cartoony, but just enough actual flesh and bones to amalgamated with those, those styles, bad dog. And we see the, the cock of the gun and this hound dog ain't going to have it. I, I'm, I'm really scared this, that this is going to end. <laughs> Like, like literally, like, a day has gone by in four issues. And And all of the reader mail is people sending a picture of their dogs. Rukia, Spanky, Daisy Mae, there's Toki Wartooth, Juniper. And just the way they did back in Chew when uh, Rob Gilroy, you know, advocated, hey, send us your picture of your your cats and your dogs. And Killer and Gillion ended this one. Stray Dogs manages to somehow be a convincing collision between 101 Dalmatians and Criminal by Ed Brubaker. He didn't say Ed Brubaker. I, I just let you know for our listeners that don't know what I'm talking about. Noir, charming, and a really great take on quasi-real dog psychology. Kieran Gillian. God, this, like, and I, I'm, I'm just happy you listen to me because I've offered number one to Colin before and he's like, ah, I don't care. <laughs> Like we we were checking out of out of uh, unknown comics, right? It was unknown, yeah. Like I was buying uh, three through four. That that wonderful woman found the the two kick ass variants, the pet cemetery and a. Uh, I think it, it wasn't a saw cover. I think it was more of a Amityville horror cover uh, amalgam okay. uh, variant. And like, you know what? I'm gonna go buy number one because I saw you had a couple. Because this motherfucker. It better listen to me, cause Colin never listens to me. <laughs> and and you looked at me like like Colin didn't listen to me when I said, "Hey, Saga Number One looks cool," and I bought two. <laughs> and I said that, and the other girl, the the cute girl with the glasses, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she knows what I'm talking about. You should have known better. Hey, just yeah, I, I just picked up what uh, Justice League sixty one. I think is the only thing I picked up from Unknown. Yes, sir. Full uh, poly bagged and everything, man. No, yep. no extra charge. God, we could, we could have, God, we could have dropped a sandwich on the ground. It fully opened up and like, yeah, it's clean enough. <laughs> <laughs> Five second rule. 
Yeah, five second, ten minute rule. It's fine. Yeah, that, that place was that clean. Come, come back for it later. Not a big deal. I want to leave a sandwich here. No shit, man. The girl been. Yeah, you did. I say you drop it. I, I I actually caught it while it was falling. You didn't notice and made sure all the uh, juice and the the sauce was you perfect. Didn't, you, didn't, you didn't drop a tomato and, on the floor. And the unknown comments of the girl had been like, "Oh, I actually wrapped it like with some wax at the bottom. She can get to it quick." There you go. And there you're uh, hungry. Because unknown comics was hey, that goddamn Texas, cool. There's a Dr. Pepper for you. God damn it. <laughs> I gotta tell you. Where the hell goes to Texas for a root beer? Dude, I'm a Mr. Pibb guy, man. I like Dr. Pepper with Mr. Pibb. My big brother is all Mr. Pibb. You can't fault me for that. Uh, we're working on a hot topic, and there was this cookie place, and he'd always send me around the corner to get his dollar Mr. Pibb. It's got more sugar. I'm not object. Okay. I'm not object to Dr. Pepper. I'm just saying I got to be 100 percent Mr. Pip because of Jim. Fine. <laughs> did you read Way of X? I did read Way of X. Did you pop like I told you would? I didn't. I didn't see it. I, you you said it's obvious, and I was like, I didn't see it. I should have seen it coming. I didn't see it coming either, <laughs> but I still popped. But yeah, it was it was crazy. It's of all the characters to bring back at the end, it's pretty insane. And especially the way they handed David. And uh, do you want to make a rule here on Minefields, how we refer to him, David or Legion? Because I'm not going to piss this motherfucker off in the pages or in real life. Uh, let's just go with David for right now. Yeah, let's go with David. Yeah, and at one point, one play point safe. He David. At one point, he prefers Legion, so... At the end, when he's resurrected, because okay, uh, you want to take point on this one? Um, yeah, I kind of had a chance to read it real quick. So David freaking he he ends up inside Nightcrawler's head, trying to find out what's going on, and he sees this this pirate ship, and full of swashbuckling Nightcrawlers. Correct. Which is, you know, he puts it. He's like, not what I was expecting at all for being the churchgoer that you are. And he ends up pulling this thing out of Nightcrawler. And freaking it's, you know, he found him in time, so he pulled this out of him. I think what he pulled out of Nightcrawler was guilt. Maybe. I can see that. Yeah, from what we've talked about in, in different stories is one of the worst parts about being Catholic is the Catholic crushing guilt. You can disavow Catholicism as much as you want. But that guilt is going to be there. I think he pulled that out. And before we get too far on that, the uh, swashbuckling, uh, we've got a, a total um, kraken destroying the ship, but it's it's on fire. <laughs> it's on fire. And even still, Nightcrawler's crew is listening to him, and he pulls that out of his head, and he says, you know, one for another. <laughs> and yep, Favor for a favor. A favor for a favor. And then we've got this extra stuff here. Like, Fabian Cortez sitting there fantasizing about Dazzler, who I'm popping for. <laughs> yeah. You're not the only you're not the only Dazzler fan here, apparently. No. And we got, uh, what's this asshole's name? It's, Dr. Uh, Nemesis. Dr. Nemesis with his fucking hipster haircut. <laughs> yep. And Dazzler and shows up. No, totally. Like, are you talking to Fabian Cortez? Oh, you know my name? Oh, yeah, you're the guy that, uh, you know, was the complete um, mutant 
Follower of Magneto. Follower, uh, the follower's not even the right word, like the obsessive crazy asshole that murdered a bunch of people in a hospital that triggered fatal attractions, <laughs> and um, she knows my name. <laughs> yeah, that's all, that's all he got from it. And freaking night, because the whole thing is that David's got about ten minutes to ha- to have Nightcrawler help him in this situation, since he did him that favor, since he did a brother a solid, and he's got to get these people together. So he goes and finds freaking Doctor Nemesis. He ends up finding Pixie, and freaking David's ex girlfriend. David, oh, is it? Yep. I did not realize. That's that. why. He, that's why he said, "Well played." Ah. Makes sense. And freaking he ends up having a quick conversation with Lost. And freaking something triggers in um where, where, off of where, Lost where are we? Are we in this up. are we in the Sahara Desert? Are we in Otherworld? Because it's it's something completely different. They're in Saudi Arabia. Actually. They're in uh Rubal Kali, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah, I see it now. And yeah, they find this this ship that David's in, in in his astral form, and it turns out that they basically killed David and are using his brain to um, to control the ship, basically. I don't think they were using it to control the ship. I think they were using it to contain his mind while they did nefarious experiments on his body without without the body. Just the brain. And the scientists figured out how to weaponize him, and it went out of control. And, like, uh, she says, like, yeah, we've got all these crispy scientists here. <laughs> and Nightcrawler and Pixie go into his in, into the physical mind, and, like, they say infinite, infinite, they specifically say infinite personalities. Yeah. And we gotta find the one that is able to control it. David's no longer in there, and that's yep. the that's the problem in what David wanted. And we get this Orcus Protocol here, where we get this Henry Gyrick uh, redacted, heavily redacted, uh, you know, uh, protocol here. F- two fields of immediate me- action engaged on a practical level. We act swiftly, naturally. Number two. Ultimate objective is the application of our results in practical weaponized form against blank. I think that's Krakoa. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They're, they're setting up. They're trying to use. I mean, they're the whole world's been trying to use mutants against mutants uh, as of late. You know, we got all the stuff with X Force where they're utilizing, you know, parts of mutants. To Just build their own mutants. Despite the fact that the uh, the flower is curing cancer and uh, you know erectile dysfunction and <laughs> anything you can put on the on the board, they they they're trying to shoot themselves in the foot with a fledgling uh, country that David has put in perspective in in Nightcrawler's head. Hey, this is too dangerous. You guys you guys have infinite possibilities here and. You have nothing ringing you in. Yeah. And freaking... We look at this, you know, we go back and we see inside David's mind and just everybody's destroying everybody. And it seems like each and every one of them is possibly like a, a personality of David's. 100%. 
and everybody's dying at the same time. And it's, you know, it's kind of terrifying, really. Like, just seeing all these personalities just fighting it out for basically supremacy. Or just to be the last man standing at this point. But, David gave Nightcrawler the pain of pulling the guilt out. Mm-hmm. He says you gotta end it. There's no way, like, the, the next psychic uh, outlash from my brain is gonna destroy the world. And Nightcrawler says, Father, give me for, for uh, fill in the blanks here. You know what, fuck it. You know what, never mind. Boom. Yeah. It and, blows away David's brain. But how did we get how did they get David's brain? How did they separate him? Yeah. There's there's too many cogs in the machine here. It's not just the X Men trying to do well and do some international good and establish themselves as an actual country or a continent and David comes back from the five without the protocol. Yep. Yeah, they gave him the shell, they gave him the uh, the body, but without Professor X giving him the the last known uh, database of his mind. And did you notice that he... There there was a weird thing. He's like, uh, if you want a job done properly, do it yourself. He comes out, you know, the, 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 the mm-hmm. blue energy that's always off him, and he taps Xavier's face, duh, 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 and he doesn't call him dad. He calls him da later on too he doesn't full on yeah. call him dad and I don't trust Magneto and I definitely don't trust you <laughs> yeah. and with with freaking good reason the other thing is is that all the mutants when they're resurrected they, they immediately either take flight or start running away to, yeah. and he immediately puts clothes on himself which is not something they ever do yep. we, got, we got the hair and uh God, and I, funny enough, like he was talking, you can tell, like, I think when they go back to the whole fact that they didn't reboot his latest memories, but like before, he was talking, he, he wanted um, Nightcrawler to call him David. Yeah. And then he turned, when he's talking to his dad, he's like, call me Legion. Call me Legion. So freaking, dude, you know, is this still the same? You know, he's trying to buddy up to Nightcrawler. But at the same time, freaking, is this the same David that he met, you know, pre-shooting his brain? I think so. I, I really do. I think that he was able to recognize, recognizance himself in that sense, but in really prove himself superior as an Omega-level mutant, but also mm-hmm. establish himself as someone that's going to be integral on Nightcrawler to uh, help develop this religion. And he immediately does not hold any secrets back. Yeah, call me Legion. Uh, do you know who the Patrick Man is? Yes, there was no pause, like, eight, like, well, tell me who he is. No, there was, like, no, it's Onslaught. Yeah. It's Onslaught, and we have some work to do. It's bloody Onslaught. And, yeah. And, but... The, the the funny thing is though, of course they introduce onslaught while everyone's going to a party. Yeah, and if you look at that freaking, if you look at the clouds, you can make out onslaught's helmet. Oh, one hundred percent. And they they uh, 
they've hinted at it a couple issues ago in Wolverine when they um, they raided a uh, one of those uh, Way of X worshippers assholes when they had a uh, warehouse filled with artifacts mm-hmm. uh, of, of the X Men and they had the shell of Onslaught inside of it. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Uh, good call. I did not notice the clouds. That is onslaught on the horizon while everyone's going to go party. Funny enough, on like I said, on the horizon. Coming soon. Dude, I popped like a motherfucker. This gave me goosebumps. He's like, no, it, like the way he just flat out full disclosure. Like, but he's got that shit-eating grin on his face. He's still David Holler because you know shit's gonna go wrong. Um, mm-hmm. the last time we saw David Holler was when uh. Uh, X-Men utilized him and trapped him in that fake paradise for mutants slash humans and that was a clusterfuck man I hated that story but it was still decent but Holler's one of my favorite people Uh, when he threatens like yeah I remember going back I've died a bunch of times it's not gonna happen I'm gonna come back I'm gonna come back but like the sternness on his face and the fact that he is not trying to do the quintessential David Holler thing where he's going to fix everything. No, he's like, yeah. listen, we've got a big problem on our hands. we got to fix this. And Kurt, you only want to, like, I'm at your He doesn't want to trust to do it. Yep. And that's the thing. And when he, you know, he's got his arm over his shoulder walking away, favor for a favor. So he, you know, this is, this is all part of a plan. 100%. We just don't know. We don't know if freaking, you know, I'm pretty sure he's going to turn on Nightcrawler at some point. I just don't know how far you get into it beforehand. I don't think he's going to turn on Nightcrawler. I think he's going to turn on his dad. And Because right now, uh, one of the un- unsaid things right now is that Xavier is living in a, in a utopia that he's controlling. His mind is the only one that can uh, bring people back with their last uh, scan from Cerebro. And yep. there's no consequences to actions here. But at the same time, though, don't forget, we're about to go to a Hellfire Gala. If if, yeah. if you could write a word on a monkey wrench to describe a monkey wrench, it's Hellfire Club. Yeah. And David and Nightcrawler are a perfect team up on this one, man. Like, he, he pulled the guilt out of Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is... Uh, when he when he talks about seeing inside of his mind, uh, I tell you this: I've been in I've been in his head. It's chock full of questions, but he's not pretending he's got the answers. That I trust. Yeah, Nightcrawler is the only one we could truly trust to walk that 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 walk the line. Yeah, and at the same time, freaking you know, he's not like Nightcrawler's not pretending to be something he's not. Yeah, he's not and some Jim Jones. He's he's not the dude from New Era, and not New Era, and the uh, New Life Church. But yeah. but if he was from New Era, he'd be awesome. Um, <laughs> Nightcrawler is putting it on the table. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing my best, and you can trust me to 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 do the best. Yep. And I gotta say, this is my comic of the week on this one, man. Out of everything, maybe I don't know. I was really, I was into Mister Miracle. I love the fact that we're bringing in, bringing back that character, especially in the new, you know, with it being Shiloh instead of Scott Free. 
If we're if we're weighing it heavily on artwork alone, Mr. Miracle, one hundred percent. Yep. But in terms of heaviness, as we're walking into the next big X story arc, without being uh, coddled or, we've had two big stories here. We've had Wave X, Powers of Ten, and uh, X of Swords. Within mm-hmm. the past two years, and now we're literally, literally walking through the gate. That's the last page here of one of their finest gala. And Sounds like we're walking through minefields. Yeah, uh, uh, God, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. You're you're not wrong. That that's that's exactly it. It's it's a challenge. You you gotta you gotta pull something from nothing. You gotta figure out the spaces in between, uh, which mm-hmm. we've preached to everyone, but. No one listens. <laughs> well, they'll find out. They'll find yeah. out. Yeah, we'll get there one way or the other. Hey, what happens when you remove uh, a spine from a, a walking, talking being? It falls and it dies. Yeah. But I don't want anything to fall and die. I want things to be just fine. But at the same time, though, no walking in the Hellfire Gala. Yeah. I didn't see that in the clouds. It's so apparent. It is a hundred percent onslaught. It's been yep. it's been about six years, or five years since uh, the story of the last one, the onslaught, and Xavier was broken. But mm-hmm. but have him be the boogeyman, the patchwork man. Yeah, that's that's the thing when you get you know you get so many mutants together, freaking somebody. There's got to be something for him to fight, and there's got to be. You know, and it can't just be us against them with the humans. No. Like, you need those super-powered beings, and it's, it was going to come sooner or later. Plus, don't forget that the uh, the gala is going to be inside of a uh, master mold head. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Why not, man? Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm popping for master mold uh, after reading the uh, first principle uh, Jubilee for, like, six years after, too, where we got first Nimrod and all that good shit. Mm-hmm. I will have my Jubilee one day. One day. Someday. Someday. Yeah, I'm waiting for freaking uh, X-Men 148 to come in now for experience of Caliban, so... Ah, you like the fuck. It's on its way. It's on its way. Um, I I pop more for the indies on that one, man. Like, uh, there's a few... I I would love to have first Wolverine. I'd love to have first uh, Deadpool and vs. Venom, but... Uh, I feel more fulfilled with the uh, first on the indies, and not just because I got lucky and bought issue one. Like uh, when the girl over at uh, Unknown was like, "You guys speculators?" <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. We're we're looking for good content. We're looking for good story. Yeah, every we now and, every now and again, if I could find a character I really dig, I don't mind. Uh, uh, agreed. Find- Experience. Agreed, but we're not speculators. We're not buying every first issue of Image because it's going to be the next big fucking saga or the 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 next Walking Dead. No, we're buying it because we just love the story. That's why I like. Yeah, Stray Dogs could be awesome later on, and you're going to thank me. But I'm more concerned that you got a good story. Like, like it, it. It's not just the fact that it's number one, but it's a relic. It's the first one it's the first printing it's the it's not the super limited variant no it's this is the first regular ass one where 
good shit happen, and it could be five or ten, like, uh, when we were at the, uh, what was the last one we went to in, um, in Amarillo? Uh, the last one was Big Apple. Big Apple. Um, seeing spawn number one for $75, like, no way. <laughs> there's too many of them. Yeah. There, there's too many of them, but, like, but that doesn't matter. What matters is how special it is to you. Yep. That's why I like the guys I like, man. It's freaking, you know, characters I care about that, like, freaking, I, I attach to. Not so much just because they're freaking, you know, popular with the mainstream. Oh, 100%, man. We were popping left and right at fucking uh, Big Apple, man. Like, that was, that was a kidney candy store. We just left and had to wash our hands. Oh, yeah. I think we both spent, uh, like, right around 40 bucks. For yeah. A bunch of... Old school stuff. I think I picked up four or five amalgams, a couple other ones, and I mean, you picked up quite a bit of stuff yourself. Dude, you got some sh- uh, like I gotta go back and get those wizards they had. But even then, <laughs> even then, if I didn't know they had those wizards, like I still would have been just as excited coming to you. I hit the mother load, like showed yeah. you like six issues of she, like goddamn, perfect condition. Mm-hmm. She. Well, say Generation X. Yeah, yeah, Generation X number one. You finally got that one. Finally got that one. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's all, it's at all the places, but I, I finally bought it and. Yeah. Gorgeous chromium cover. They had a. They had year one there, man. Oh, Batman year one. Yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. That first set, it was eighty bucks. Nice. Goddamn, we need those books. <laughs> I think turn around and I'm like, oh, just one more, just one more. It's just, just one more. Just more. Like in like thirty years, when when we've fully established, like it's not going to be one of those things where like, hey, come into our house. Like, let me show you to the uh, not to the lounge, but come to the come to the <laughs> archives. Come, yeah. like, let us show you the archives. Is this really happening? <laughs> yeah. you, you have all these books? You, you you literally have this in your coffee table? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it for those 50 bucks. Uh, we got Crown Royal in a uh, water cooler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. Totally Seven down. Screen, just freaking long boxes, freaking from the floor to the ceiling. Come to the archives. This is the study. Like, put, like, the... Uh, the uh, smoking jacket on them. You need one of these. Nice and comfy. 65 degrees inside, perfectly. The right humidity to not ruin the books. And, uh... Don't piss us off. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn, don't piss us off. Because we, <laughs> we did our best. We, eh. over, we over-delivered. Yep, they underappreciated... Okay, Sarah, Sarah. We got bigger fish to fry. Horizon is full. That's that's correct, man. One door, uh, you're, they they couldn't say it best. All the cliche assholes. One door slam shut. A bigger ass. Uh, new era. Phoenix arises. Well, see what happens. Yeah, probably nothing. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Man, Nevertheless, I think we're just about finishing this one up, man. Yeah, this is it, man. Like, that was a... I didn't realize we were already done. Yeah, we freaking flew through those ones today. 
And we got the hunt. We got the AW predictions, action figures. Oh, we didn't touch on Eternals. Ah, we did. Did we? I, I thought we did. I don't hey. think we did. Ah, Colin. We went right into the hunt. Yeah, you save it for Colin, or we can do it now. Now, either way. I'm gonna bitch about it because Colin's the uh, end all, know all on uh, Eternals, and I hate Angel Jolie. It was uh, you, you said it best really. It's it's a bush league uh, in humans. Yeah, I just freaking I just didn't get anything out of it. Like it just wasn't like it didn't it didn't appeal to me. It didn't show me anything. I didn't I didn't learn anything about the characters from it. Oh, oh, and like, like you should at least give me give me something visually appealing other than oh they've got a couple they they can make a couple of weapons right That's cool it was but like it was a, give me you know I don't want full meat and potatoes but you know give me some crinkle fries yeah extra salt and I think that's what we got with Camille and Johnny because they they focus on him like eighty percent of it on the at the dinner table scene. He was the coolest part. I won't. I won't lie. I love Camilo and Johnny. The whole Bollywood, Bollywood dance scene. Oh, dude, that was awesome. He he actually has the definitive X Files podcast. Uh, he hasn't had one in about four years, but mm-hmm. he's a one of the world's biggest X Files fans, and his uh, X Files podcast is really fucking badass. Awesome. But he's buff as fuck man I just like seeing him with his goddamn pants off uh, on uh, as opposed to what, what, what we saw uh, what movie was it when they go on vacation uh, those two couples go on vacation he's the uh, the, the naughty Shumar go to Indian whatever no. uh, in and out whatever <laughs> no no he's in a recent movie I think it was like Stifler and a few other people it's like two couples go to like Hawaii and he's like the dirty fucking masseuse and he's Massaging this girl's ass with his dick. <laughs> and I was like, I, I must have missed that one, I guess. Yeah, but he's like super buff now, and I and I I love his love of the X Files. But God, that was that was a that wasn't meat and potatoes today, man. To, we didn't pull off meat and potatoes today. We pulled off a five course meal. I would say so, and we did it. In- under two hours, and we <laughs> and we got Alexis Vane coming out on Friday. Tomorrow we'll release Minefields that we're doing right now. Thursday we'll do our uh, Double or Nothing uh, predictions. Sounds good. Yeah, that's what we do, man. Walk through Minefields, and we're gonna get that Windowless Van. Goddamn it! I know we we had a couple of catchphrases coming Why from do we fucking because we're gonna be on tour a lot. We need space in the back. <laughs> We can have windows. No, no windows. People aren't nearly as worried if you don't if you have windows. No windows. If it's if it's decorated like the eighteen van, people will be cool. Okay. Well, I've seen a windowless van before, but surely that eighteen van is not a pedo van. Those guys are probably super cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're doomed. (laughs) We're totally doomed. We're so doomed. We're so doomed. We're doomed. Do what you can. We're walking through minefields. This is dangerous. This transmission is over. <laughs> Completely over. 